This is PhotoBizX episode number 477, and today we are talking studio pet photography with a photographer who has just left his full-time job. He's currently doing incredibly well with his photography business, and the reason is everything we cover in today's interview. I'm talking about Adam Gray from Kuba Studios, and that interview is coming up in just a minute. Are you planning to have a successful wedding and portrait photography business? Join Andrew as he interviews successful photographers and business experts to fast track your success. Welcome to the Photo Biz Exposed podcast with your host, Andrew Helmich. Hey, it's Andrew Helmich here from Impact Images and welcome to this episode of the podcast. This is our third and final in a run of three pet photographer specific interviews that's hard to say pet photography specific interviews but in saying that or in using that word specific is not really specific to pet photographers each of the last three interviews have featured photographers that share so much about their business that can be utilized in any genre of photography and today is no different with adam gray we talk about his lead generation processes which surprise, surprise, involve Facebook, amongst other things, how he's been able to carve out his niche in the UK and how he's been able to generate the kind of sales that he's getting, plus so much more. And all of these things can be applied to your photography business, again, no matter what genre you photograph. Talking about previous interviews and pet-specific interviews, if you didn't catch last week's episode with Arika Dorf, you absolutely need to get back and have a listen to that one. The feedback has been incredible, and if you haven't heard it, you won't know that Arika's business model is so unique. She travels around the country photographing pets for a three-month period every year, and then she has the following nine months off. She is living the ultimate van life, traveling the country with her bloodhound, Gracie, and she shares exactly how she's generating the clients, doing the sales, and running a very successful business, more successful, in fact, than when she was running a high-end pet photography-specific studio in Las Vegas with multiple staff, and she's doing all this while living permanently in her van. Again, she shares an absolute ton, and it's worth getting back and checking that one out if you haven't heard it. We are going to jump into this interview with Adam Gray in just a second. I will have an announcement about the upcoming Lead Ads course, the training that's coming up with John Glazer after the interview with Adam, so stick around for that one. And I think you'll find it especially relevant because Adam is using Facebook lead ads and Facebook ads in general to help bring in so many of his leads. So more about that after the interview which we're going to get into now. You're listening to the number one photography business podcast with Andrew Helmich, photobizx.com. Oh, just one quick thing. If you are hearing this announcement, it does mean you are listening to the free version of the podcast. Now, what that means is you won't hear the full interview today with Adam. I'm sorry. I am saving, well, sorry, not sorry. I'm saving a large portion of the second half for premium members only. It's when we get into the nitty gritty of the marketing and the sales side of Adam's business. So if you're loving what he shares in the first half and you'd like to hear the full interview today, you can do that for as little as $1 with a trial membership. It's a 30-day trial membership. It gives you full access to everything the premium members get. And you can do that for as little as a dollar 
over the next 30 days. More details are at photobizx.com forward slash try. Welcome to another great time for business. It's time for Andrew's special guest. Today's guest is a UK-based studio pet photographer who looks to be a total sponge when it comes to learning the business side of running a photography studio. I've been following his progress for a little while, and it feels like the perfect time to feature him on the podcast. With a background in the armed services, he's been in business for only 12 months and has just left full-time employment. I've seen him in the expo training with Kim Marie earlier this year, and more recently the book project course with Katie Collenberg. He's also been working hard on his SEO and ranks on page one for a number of search terms, has over 35 star reviews on Google, and has worked with multiple coaches already. Everything points to this photographer being a man on a mission to succeed. He recently had a £6,000 sale. He hit £20,000 for one month and 12 k the next. He's also kicked off his photography book project, co-hosts a group of over 240 photographers in the UK in a group, and the future is looking very bright when I read his reviews and see the quality of his photography. I'm talking about Adam Gray of Kuba Studios in Kent in the UK, and I'm wrapped to have him here with us now. Adam, welcome. Oh, that's uh, really taking me back there, to be honest. <laughs> Thank you so much, Andrew. <laughs> <laughs> has it been that the skyrocket to success you thought it would be, or has it been a tougher slog than it looks from the outside? It's hard work. It's not easy. And, you know, like a lot of people think that, you know, when I talk to other photographers at least, you've got to put in the hard work. You need to have some sort of like business coaching and you have to put your hand in your pocket. And, you know, I think Steve said to me one day, he goes, it's like the chicken and the egg. People expect stuff, but unless you do something about it, it's not going to happen. And that's what I've done from the start, to be honest. So you're talking about Steve Saparito there. So one of your multiple business coaches that you've had? One of the multiple, to be honest, <laughs> Yes. Yeah, so, you know, I started off with Bernie. That's the first person I spoke to. Right, and then who else have you worked with? Currently, I'm doing stuff with Jeff Brown and obviously Steve Saparito. Right, okay. And so are you working with multiple coaches at the same time or you've gone from one to the other? Um, Bernie was the person that got me to where I was in the first place. But I want to learn always, and there's so much stuff that you need to learn. And uh, Steve really set me apart and, you know, got me connected with them clients. And Jeff is someone that can really do the background of uh, your business, like your LinkedIn and your websites and, you know, conversions, basically. So I'm trying to get the best of everyone. I love that. I love it. So tell me about you were in the armed forces. Were you always into photography or is this something you picked up later in life? You know what? I've traveled a lot in the armed forces, but one person that really got me was the ship photographer. And after seeing all that, I was just like, I, I love that. I want to do that. So during the end of my career, I knew I was going to leave and uh, I got a camera, you know, and I was like, I'm going to be a landscape photographer. You know, I'm going to go and take pictures. I'm going to make money doing this. And, you know, and I, I was a hobbyist, you know, but I loved to travel. So I did landscape photography. But in the end, someone one day just went on my Instagram and goes, oh, I love your images. Can you do like an event for me? I was just like, uh, okay. And then after that, someone goes, I love your landscape images. Can you do my wedding for me? I went, 
okay then. So I trained in wedding photography. I paid for a course to do it. And I thought, do you know what? I'm going to be a wedding photographer. I really enjoy this. I love talking to people. I love communicating with the people. But then I was like, this is a really difficult genre to like start off with. You know, you can't just like start at the bottom of wedding photography, just like leave a job and just jump into it. And then after three years of trying, trying, like getting all these, like, you know, getting like 10 weddings a year was like amazing for me, you know. And I did a broad one in Finland. I was just like, oh, it's the year, it's the year. COVID happened. Right. <laughs> and that's when I met you. <laughs> <laughs> you discovered the podcast. I discovered the podcast and then I discovered Bernie and literally he discovered, why are you doing weddings? Just do portraits in the studio. I said, I can't do that. I don't know what I'm doing. I haven't got a clue. I've never used a, a flash before or a camera before, like in that kind of like um, scenario before. You know, I never did it. He just goes, just do it. I said, all right then, why not? Went into the studio. I did exactly what he said. Went into the studio, you know, got a projector in there, got clients through a Facebook Bernie ad. And it worked. So I was just like, wow, people actually spend money on this. I was terrible. Honestly, I was terrible. But they loved it. But I look back now and I'm just like, oh, my God. I can't <laughs> believe I sold that. It's embarrassing. <laughs> so was that families and kids, was it? That wasn't pets at that stage? Yes. No, no, no pets. That was families. Okay. And so you rented a downtown studio and you learnt or you taught yourself or did a course on studio flash photography. YouTube. Wow. Okay, cool. So you learnt flash photography via YouTube. Uh, and a little bit of trial and error. Everything was self-taught. You know, one person said to me, it's not the actual photography that counts. It's more the business side of it and just doing what they love and what they want, you know, and working for that client. You know, it's not about making award-winning images and making these great single images. It's just making something they love and what they want and what they want to see. And that's what I did, basically. That's true. I agree with that. But your photography, I mean, it looks like the photography of someone who has done photography for years. I mean, you're using dark backgrounds, which I know is, um, it can be seen to be easy to do, but what's not easy to do is to, you know, make sure you've got that backlight or that hair light so you can actually separate the subject from the background. You look to be doing that with all your images, certainly the, the most recent images. So you've worked pretty hard on your photography. Yes. Yeah. So, you know, I think that's like part of my engineering background. I'm also a very technical person, you know, so light was one of the things I was interested in the most and mastering that. And, uh, you know, I always strive to do better. Even now, I'm always training. I'm always doing stuff to improve myself to not only, you know, it's more, it's still a hobby for me. It's still something I really love doing. You know, I enjoy the client side. But I still want to produce amazing work that people just go, wow. And that's something that pushes me. It's always something to learn. So, you know, I totally agree. It's been two years, but I think I've learned a lot in that two years. For sure. So you run these ads, these Bernie-style ads. You bring in families, kids. You're photographing in the studio. You say now that, you know, the, the work wasn't great, but it sounds like you're making sales. How did you make the transition from that to pet photography and then get to the point where, okay, I can quit my full-time day job. So families are something I was doing because I thought that's what you had to do. I didn't enjoy it as much. Pets is where my heart laid, but I didn't know how to create something that people desired and make the figures that people that do families with. That's when Steve like really taught me on how to 
create something that was you know that people desired and they wanted and literally because of covid families were canceling because of covid they were canceling because they almost did just like it was a crazy time and we all know that but people loved their pets everyone was buying dogs everyone yeah same here in australia you know and i started doing them and it just i fell in love with it so i just kept with it and that's where I've got to today, you know, two years later, I'm doing pets and I'm literally just doing pets only creating, you know, I literally just sell a lot of wall art with pets. I don't, I don't sell digitals. It's literally just wall art. Got it. And I talked about some of the numbers that you were doing and I know, I don't know every month isn't going to be a record month, particularly when you're new, there's going to be ups and downs. But one of the things I do want to highlight is the fact that you are in the UK and most of the time when I interview a UK based photographer who's doing well, the feedback is, or the first question is, you know, where are they based? Now, I said you're in Kent. I don't know the UK landscape that well. Tell me about Kent. Is it like London? No, not really. Kent, we call it the Garden of Kent. So Kent is a lot of small, um, big towns, I would say. There's a lot of, like, uh, uh, farmland. You know, the nearest city big city is London, but that is over an hour away. So, you know, I can't really reach that area, but it's still good. You know, Kent's okay. It's still a large area. There's, you know, there's plenty of people here. And there's money in the area. It's a mix. It's a big mix. So there's a lot of poor areas, but there's a lot of okay areas and good areas. So Okay. And your studio, is that a home-based studio or is that in downtown Kent? It's a converted barn in the village, basically. So in the village that you live in, so it's not actually at home. It's a village of 100 people. Oh, right, okay. So you have like a small yeah. shop front in the village. Yeah, it's a converted barn in a small village. I, I do the, the image of all the people in the village once a year. And, you know, I know the local council and yeah, everyone knows each other. There's one pub, there's no shops. <laughs> yeah. Fantastic. It sounds beautiful. When you say it's a converted barn, is it still... Like, is it on the main street through the Garden of Kent, or you have to take a farm road up to the barn? Uh, it's a small road opposite a national park, and uh, we have a large car park in there. It's, it's gated off. We're next to a farm, basically. Um, you know, there's offices next to me. You know, it's like they're like small units, not units, but they're like small office partitions, basically, for the barn itself. But, you know, I do everything from from there. It's a nice area for dogs, basically. Okay. So it sounds like you could shoot outdoors if you wanted to, but you're focusing on studio-based photography. The thing is, in the UK, I find that there's a lot of good outside photographers. It's a saturated market, and I think I'm a niche. You know, not a lot of people do inside photography for, you know, based on wall art of their fur bait. They, they absolutely love more than anything else in the world. Everyone, you know, the outside people, they do that. They do it a single image, but we create, you know, these beautiful wall art collections that the emotions and the personalities of them and no one else does that. Right. So it's a niche. So this is a way to separate yourself. So even though you've got these great outdoors around you, the studio gives you a, a way to niche yourself. Yes, basically, yeah. Got it. So you say that you're an hour away from London. That to me, it doesn't sound like a ridiculous distance. So do people come from London to your studio to get photos or is it only people within the Kent area? 95% of them from the Kent area. 
there's five percent of people that come from like the very outskirts of London, which is like we call it Dartford, which is like where the big bridges that goes into London. That area is like is literally as far as we go because it's very difficult to drive out of London. It takes a long, long time. So people don't want to travel any more than one hour. I find, you know, if you're traveling, if you're in London, it takes you an hour just to get out the place, and it's like a few miles. So people don't want to travel that far down to. From my experience, anyway. So it's got to be before the bridge, the water. We call it south of the Thames, basically, or the bridge, or, you know, that's the area I will do. Got it. So, how long have you actually been in business as a pet photographer from today? One year. Okay, one year. So, how are you getting clients through the door? It's literally wanted ads I use mainly, which is the Bernie style. I'm also part of BSA, which is run by Roland Royal and Bradley Bulmer and, you know, Jonathan and that. They are a great help. You know, I'm I'm part of that group. So I've had Bradley on the podcast in the past and he's another Facebook ad guru. Mm -hmm. Are they running ads for you or teaching you what to do? They teach you everything to do with funnels and how to do them, how to make them, you know, how to do the Facebook sides and also the follow-up to the client, the phone calls to the client, after the care afterwards for the client. They do everything to get you to book it. That's what the BSA do. You know, they're fantastic for that. You know, I recommend everyone who doesn't know how to do like Facebook ads to try BSA because they will teach you everything in a very structured way and no one else can. You know, their courses are phenomenal. They do weekly Zooms and, you know, I can't praise them enough. Right. But it sounds so even though they focus on Facebook ads or the funnel, the top of the funnel, you're still using wanted style ads to bring clients in? I do, but I still have my own method of the way I do it. I don't really just do it the way the wanted ad is. I still have a, a sequence of emails that I use. You know, I have multiple phone callers now that I use. You know, yes, I use wanted ads because it works great in my demographic. So you have to use what works for you. What works for me is not necessarily going to work for someone else in I don't know, Texas or someone in Canada or, you know, there's many different methods, but it works for me. And I know it does because I've tried so many different types of advertising, Facebook advertising, you name it, I've tried them all. So, you know, I do what works for me. Sure. So with the wanted ads that are working for you, are you offering a print or a print credit? It's a credit towards wall art. So, you know, it's a complimentary session still. They can use their gift certificate towards wall art, but we have to qualify. The phone call is the most important thing, you know, the discovery call, finding out, you know, what truly matters to them, what they want. They need to be qualified before they come through the door because it's pointless otherwise. Sure. So what's the secret, if there is one, to getting people on the phone? Because I hear, and particularly in the UK, People don't want to get on the phone. They don't want to talk. It's true. That is true, is it? It's true. But that's why I have a sequence of emails. You know, a lot of people get leads in. They ring every single person. Every single person they ring. You know, I will qualify them further by an email. I want to know what time I'm going to ring them. And they give me a time, a date, when they're available. So I know when I ring at that time, they're going to answer the phone. It might take one or two times, but a maximum of three times, but I will get through to them. All the people that don't want to communicate with me in the first place, I'll just disregard them. Mm -hmm. 
So how are you getting their details to call them? Are you taking them from a wanted ad to a landing page with a questionnaire? No, no. So wanted ads into a email sequence, which I use Karcher for. So hang on. How do you get them from a wanted ad into an email sequence? So I use Zapier. Yes. Zapier will add tags and add, you know, so a lead will come in through Facebook through a want for a Karcher funnel page. They fill the form in. They get entered into an automatic sequence. If they reply to that email, then I get add a tag, which puts them into another sequence. They then get that. We ring them. If they book, then they go into light blue. Light blue would then give them their booking sequence. They get their brochures and they get you know all the other emails. So it's like an automated system, I call it. Okay, so this is a funnel that BSAs help you create. Yes. Oh, yeah, yeah. They taught me how to build, use Kartra and how to, you know, implement it. And, uh, you know, Kartra is something where you can send text messages, do your emails. It's like MailChimp, funnels, everything all in one. You can literally do everything from one piece of software. You don't need to have MailChimp. You don't need to have ClickFunnels or or JotForm or anything like that. Kartra can do it all up to the booking. When you do the booking, then obviously you can use your CMR and all that kind of stuff. But Yeah. Okay, so you run a wanted ad. There's a link on your wanted ad. Someone clicks on that. They go to Karcher. They fill out the form, which is, includes their name and email address, and that takes them into – sorry, are you running a Facebook lead ad? I do run – I have recently. That's something new I've been doing. Facebook lead ads are something I have been using – for the last month now, mm-hmm. and they have been working very, very well. Okay, so you're using Zapier then to take the leads from the lead ad into Karcher. Correct. To that form. They add their name and email address and whatever other information you're asking for. Then they go into automated email sequence, and in that sequence there's a question or questionnaire. If they reply to that, then you go further with that potential client. Yeah, then they will then be given to the people that do my phone calls. And they will phone each one of them that replies to that question and agrees to it. So what's the question like? Do you love your dog or something basic like that? No, no, no. Literally, it explains everything. And it says it starts with the minimum price, how much, you know, photographs cost. You know, it qualifies them to the point where they're happy with the minimum price at least before I ring them. Right. You know, because with Wanted Ads, you can find a lot of people just think it's a free offer and they just want to come in and get free images. And it's like they are entitled and they are, that you know, we need them. You know, it's to just let them know it's not a competition. You know, we do want you, but we want you because you love your animals and you love, you know, we can give you something that you can't get anywhere else. But they need to be qualified to the point where they're like, yes, we're happy with that. And when we do the phone call, it makes it so much easier. Got it. Okay. So a couple of things, Adam, that have me intrigued. I know that you work with Steve. You mentioned Steve Saparito. Mm-hmm. And I know he's all about discovery calls and getting to know the relationship between the pet owner and the pet or the dog. So I'm of the belief that he would say that you need to be making those calls, Adam. You need to be making that connection but you talk about these these callers that you have. I mean, I'm picturing a couple of people in a dark room with a computer screen making these calls for you. Like, who are these callers? So I have uh, two ladies, and they're actually both uh, they've been doing this for a long, long time. So they 
it's not something new to them. One's been doing it for 20 years and the other lady works for a big company in the UK and has a basically a small call center that works for me. You know, like red lap days. What are they? They're like experiences. You go into the supermarkets and you can get a voucher to, for racing cars or you can oh, you know, yes. get a voucher for, you know, photography experiences, all that kind of stuff. They're the company in the UK that does that. But I know the people inside and I use them to do my phone calls for me as like an extra for them to earn more money, basically. Okay. Okay. So their experience at making, let's say, cold or warm calls to strangers. Yes. Right. Yeah. Okay. So what does Steve say about that? The fact that you're not making these calls? Does he have any view on that? Yeah, probably um, murder me, to be honest. (laughs) (laughs) Doesn't he know? (laughs) No, but no, but that part is being fixed. So, you know, part of what Steve says, you know, someone needs to be working for you that truly loves what you do. And this week, actually, we had a client that come to pick up their order. They absolutely loved what they got. But the girl's on a zero-hour contract, and the part is, you know, I was explaining something about my cool people, and, you know, I'm not, you know, I want the process to be more about the client and not in a salesperson kind of, like, environment. And she was really interested. So, basically, she's going to come in. I'm going to train her in the correct methods of how to do it, and I'm going to start doing more stuff in-house rather than how, you know, when I left my job, I had to do it this way. You know, that's the way it worked for me. Everything was automated. You know, people like work that way, but I need to change things into the method I want it. And it's a slow process because I've only been out of my, you know, my full-time job for four months. For sure. You know, and I love that you're outsourcing these calls. I was just curious to hear what Steve would say. So do you notice a disconnect when a client comes in with their dog, when you've had one of the ladies who work for you, um, they've done the call, so you don't know as much about the client and the relationship with the dog. Like, is there a disconnect there, or doesn't it matter? Yes. There is. Yes, there is. There is. And, you know, at the end of the day, they want to earn money to a certain extent where they get the booking, you know, and they think they've done a job. But for me, it's not about that. You know, they need to be connected emotionally to what they're going to experience, and they're not. You know, sometimes they think they're doing me a favor and, you know, some of them understand they love it, but there's so much of a, you know, up and down kind of curve with the clients. And you can tell by the body language when they come in that, you know, there's a problem in the call. So that's something I need to fix. Right. So the client has come to you thinking they're doing you a favor based on the ad and the conversation that the call person had. Yeah. Right, okay, whereas you want them to come to you because they absolutely love what you do and they want something for their wall because they love their dog. Yes. Got it, okay. Yes. So if you were to make those calls, like what are you trying to establish? Are you just trying to work out how much I love my dog? No, it's more about creating an experience for them that they didn't know they wanted in the first place and helping them with... um. I think, you know, I learned something a, a, a while ago, which is it's not creating a photo as such. It's it's creating the gift of life, something that means to them more than anything that they're going to treasure and love forever. But they don't realize that. And it's until you actually emotionally connect with them is when you find out what they truly, truly want and they will desire that. You know, it's connecting an emotion to a place on the wall in their home 
instead of the money side of it, so that you know when they come in, you know that Buddy the dog loves playing with this certain toy that he's had since he's a kid, and that image will remind them of Buddy forever. Rather than just bringing a, a dog in that is just taking a photo of that dog, and then it's like, that's what I do every day. That's the same image that I was giving to Adam, Sandra, Bob, Stuart. It's unique to them. I love that. You know, <laughs> just a quick side note. I love that you've used the dog Buddy because there's a, a good friend of mine and a past guest and a photographer based in the UK, uh, Darren Lehane, who has a dog called Buddy, who he absolutely adores. And just for a visual for you, Adam, and the listener, he tends to listen to the podcast while sitting in the bath. <laughs> so so that, he thinks you're talking to him right now while he's laying back in the bath with his rubber duck and Buddy's there beside him. So it's <laughs> just a, 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 a picture I can't get out of my head. So, yeah, I totally get what you're saying there. So what kind of questions do you ask or how does the conversation go to have me realising or Darren realising that, yeah, he wants to come in for this photo session with you to have these photos of Buddy on the wall? It's important that every person that applies to one of the ads that you have a compelling question. And from the compelling question is where you're going to get your information from and the questions that you're going to ask about X, Y, and Z. So it's really important that Steve talks about layering questions and, you know, really finding free emotions about Buddy, for example. But it's the people that really answer that question in a heartfelt way. They're the ones that you really want to contact. The people that just go, you know, how much does your dog you know, how much is your fur baby, you know, what does your fur baby mean to you? What do you really love about, you know, and makes them unique about your fur baby? And they ask that question and they're just like, his eyes, you know, they're probably just like answering that in a, a strange way, but it's the ones that answer in the big paragraph about how much they mean to them and they've helped me do this and helped me through anxiety and they've done this for me. They're the people you can really connect to and talk to and ask the questions and they will connect with that dog no. Okay, so if you get an answer that talks about anxiety and they've helped with that, then when you pick up the phone or one of your callers do, they can start to talk about that anxiety and how the dog, how Buddy's helped. I wouldn't say talk about that the problem itself, but talk about how much that dog has helped them get through, you know, the last, you know, the last few, and how much that dog really means to them. Imagine Buddy is outside. It's a perfect day. Now think about Buddy, you know, on that perfect day, he's looking at you, you're looking at him. Now, it's the most amazing day. He gives you so much love. You know, when you look at Buddy and he's outside there now, how does he make you feel when you look at him? And can you just give me just free, you know, emotions that you think of that he makes you feel when He's in this perfect day. And then, you know, they give you, you know, some kind of like answer to that. And then that emotion that they have, you know, when they feel connected to that moment, that's when you can like really push it towards the love that Buddy shows you on that day. You know, he loves you more than anything else in the world. Where would you love to place that? You know, where would you put that in your home? God, okay, so you've taken those emotions and that love mm -hmm. and then had them picture that photo, that moment, those emotions on the wall in the home. Yeah. I love that. I love that. 
I can imagine you must get some amazing responses. You probably get people tearing up on the phone as well, even thinking about it, because that's how I feel emotionally connected right now. So when I come into the studio with Buddy or when Darren turns up with Buddy, do you recount that conversation? Do you bring it back up again? Or you just get straight into, let's go, okay, let's get these shots. Premium members of PhotoBiz Exposed hear more of the best photography business strategies from every guest. Adam, you've been an incredible guest. Where's the best place for the listener to learn more about you? Even, you know, check out your group if they're UK-based. Where can we see more of your work? So, yeah, you can obviously go to www.cubastudios.co.uk or you can come and join the Photographers Collective where we put on webinars monthly with a uh, you know, great uh, people that know a lot, you know, a bit like what Andrew does, but, you know, it's face-to-face. So, uh, you know, we do a lot of work on there to help uh, people that don't know what they're doing, basically, and want to learn more. Um, just trying to give back to the community, basically. Is that for UK-based photographers only? It is for UK-based photographers, but, you know, people outside the UK are more than welcome, you know? <laughs> cool. Okay. That's nice. <laughs> Oh, that's, I'm just curious. And is it for any genre of photographer in the UK or is it for pet photographers specifically? Any. Any. Any type. If you can be, you know, you can be commercial. We just done a property on how to do property shoots, you know, anything. It doesn't matter. It's for the photographer's people run by the people. It's not an association. It's just run by, you know, there's no fees. It's just a group of people that want to help each other. I like that. I love that. I'm going to add links to where people can find you on social media. I'll add a link to that group so people can check that out as well. Again, congratulations on your success so far. Looking forward to chatting in 12 months. Let's see where those where those uh, those numbers are coming from in 12 months' time. And I'm sure we'll talk inside the members group as well. Adam, massive thanks, mate. You've been a great guest. Thank you, Andrew. Okay, so we were going to leave the interview there, but Adam and I kept chatting after we signed off and the topic of VAT came up, value added tax. And it's something that a lot of UK photographers try and avoid from what I've heard in the past. They're scared or worried about going above that threshold because they have to start charging VAT. It sounds like it becomes a bit of a nightmare, but it's also so restrictive because it stops those photographers from really growing their businesses successfully. So that topic came up I asked Adam if I could record his views on the VAT and why he's decided to go above it. So here's that part of the recording. Most photographers that I have interviewed from the UK, most are trying to stay under the VAT. What are your thoughts on that? So with VAT, it's not something you should be scared about. It's something that, you know, if you're breaking that, you're just earning more money. In the UK itself, it's no different to any other country because we have a flat rate of 11% which you pay towards VAT. And it's, you know, in the end of the day, it's just your accountant that does the extra work. It's not you yourself. And I don't understand why people will just go, oh, we've earned this much money. We stopped now because I don't want to pay a tax. Just carry on. You're earning more money regardless. If your numbers are right, it doesn't matter. Yeah. So what's the VAT threshold? Is it 80,000 or something? I think it's 86,000. 86,000. Yep, and then it's um, either a 20% VAT rate or photographers in the UK get a flat rate, which we call you know, a special deal to us, which is 11%. Right. 
So if you get to say 87,000, then you have to pay 11% VAT. So is this why photographers seem to think or say that, you know, when I get to 85,000, I've got to go straight to, you know, 93,000? I think a lot just don't want to hassle. Is that what it is? So it's the reporting yeah, it, and, the, and the tax. Yeah, you got to do it every like three three months. I think it is. You have to do the actual reporting. It costs extra in accounting fees. It's extra, you know. It's extra admin for you. You got to charge that extra. You know, say this person earns, you know, makes five hundred pounds or one thousand pounds every sale. They look at it and it's like, oh, that's eleven percent from that. So I've got to raise my prices eleven percent. So you know, but eleven percent on a thousand pounds is not a lot. No, we've been living with this for years in Australia already and doing yeah, doing our reporting and stuff. So, yeah, I certainly wouldn't let it stop me from increasing my business. No, no. And as long as you're, you're beating it, you know, because it's not like you reach 86,000 and you just, like, pay on top of that. You've got to pay 11% on everything. Yes, on the 86 that you've already earned. Yeah, yeah. So, it's, you know, every three months you have to put in a VAT, yeah. uh, you know. A report and payments. Of reports, yes. Yeah, so you have to make your payment, basically. Yeah. So it's exactly the same here with the GST, we call it. Yeah. I think it's the same in, it's same in America as well. I'm sure it's very similar. I'm not sure. I don't know if they only have income tax, but I'm sure someone will come to our rescue and uh, clarify that. I don't know if it's exactly the same, but we are certainly the same here in Australia. So for you, I mean, you $86,000, or that's not a barrier. You're happy to go straight past that if you can. Oh, yeah. I've beaten that already this year. Oh, fantastic. Yeah. Unreal. So you're doing these reports and paying your VAT? Yes. Unreal. Okay, so business is going good in the first year. It's it's flying along. Yes, but I can do better. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. I, love I it. see problems. I see issues all the time. So, you know, I just want more consistency. So when you look at your business, are you aiming for a certain number of clients every single month or a certain average sale uh, with that number of clients? Like, What numbers are you looking at? Um, a certain average of better client, I would say, um, just keeping a consistency. So, you know, finding that sweet point where I don't need to have as many clients. I can have like 10 or 12 clients a month, but they're the best clients, qualified, good clients. Right. You know, I think consistency is probably key. I would love to have 20. I'll do 20, I'll do 30, you know. Right, okay. But you want 12 to start, 12 good paying clients. No, I've done 20 in the last two weeks. Okay. All right, so really it's, it's, it's whatever you can get. Okay. <laughs> yeah. They book in, they book in, so. So, okay, let me rephrase it. What would scare you? Like what number would you think, oh, geez, okay, I've got to up my advertising, my marketing, this is too low. If you had 10 clients in a month? Under 10,000. Oh, UK pounds turnover mm-hmm. in sales. Right, okay. So that's the figure you've got to stay above. That's the minimum. Right, got it. Cool. Mate, I'm going to let you stop here, enjoy your beer, and we'll, we'll officially finish this interview, mate. So thanks, Adam. <laughs> thanks, Andrew. Alrighty, that really is the end of the interview with Adam this time. I hope you got a ton from what he had to share. Adam, if you are listening, again, thank you so much for coming on, for sharing everything that you did. We are wishing you every success for the future. I'm looking forward to following up, particularly in 12 months' time, to see how much of your, or how many of your leads, what percentage of your leads are coming from Facebook ads after you sharing that you'd like to see that drop over the next 12 months. So let's stay in touch and hear how that plays out for you. Again, for you, the listener, I do hope you got a ton from what Adam had to share. 
If you have a follow-up question for Adam, you can hit him up in the comments area of the show notes. They are at photobizx.com forward slash 477. Now in those show notes, in addition to the comments area, you'll see examples of Adam's beautiful work. There are links to anything and everything that he mentioned. It's all there in that one spot. And of course, if you are a premium member, you can get easy access to Adam inside the members Facebook group. You might have a follow-up question. Maybe there's something that I didn't ask that you wish that I did. Hit him up there, make sure you tag him, and I'm sure he'll be happy to come back and answer those questions for you. You're listening to Photo Biz Exposed with your host, Andrew Helmich. I mentioned last week that there is some upcoming training with John Glazer of John Glazer Photography on lead ads. Now, these lead ads are what John is using in his business every single day. He's bringing in over 90% of his leads through Instagram and Facebook using lead ads, and he has a high volume and very successful business. He's since opened a second studio in New York, in addition to his business in Texas, and he's on track to do $1 million in sales, which is just incredible. The chat about the Lead Ads course in the group has been really cool. Uh, Lots of questions being fired at John, which is great. One of the questions was about his average sales, and I can tell you that they are just over $2,000, and they are continually rising as John makes tweaks to his price list and what he's offering, and he's bringing in over 600 leads per week, which just sounds absolutely phenomenal to me. It probably does to you as well. And again, he's doing that using these lead ad strategies that he's going to be teaching us in the training, which is coming up next week. On August 25th, 2022, it's going to be 7 a.m. Australian Eastern Time, which is early morning for me, but it may be your Wednesday afternoon or evening, depending on where you are in the world. Look, there are more details if you go to photobizx.com forward slash lead ads. It's photobizx.com forward slash lead ads. There are your local times for when the live presentation will be. There are more details about John and his incredible business, exactly what he's going to be teaching in this training. The cost of the training is $197 US dollars. It will be going up to $297 immediately after the live training. And if you do enroll for the live training and can't make it, you will still get access to the recording plus the standalone course, which will live over at photobizx.com after that training has been delivered by John. So you'll have permanent access to that and all the resources that go along with it. And if you are one of the photographers that have already registered for the training, I just sent out an email just before recording this audio on setting up your privacy policy, which is a requirement for running lead ads. So that email has the copy that John's using for his privacy policy, which you can use for inspiration, uh, in air quotes, copy, (laughs) but make suitable changes to for your business, including the text that he uses with every single lead ad that he runs. So that's in an email I've sent to you if you've already registered for the upcoming training Uh, If you do register after you hear this, you'll get that same email so you can hit the ground running with the lead ads training uh, as soon as it's presented to you. Now, I'm also going to be sending out a follow-up email in the next uh, week or so 
focused on Facebook ad copy for your lead ads. So look out for that one if you are already registered or if you do register for the training. So again, all the details are at photobizx.com forward slash lead ads. But if you've got any questions, hit me up inside the members Facebook group or shoot me an email. It's andrew at photobizx.com. Oh, look, and just quickly, look, I, I have been fielding a few emails on this topic. And one of the biggest concerns is the fact that John does offer free sessions. And that's a basis for most of his ads. He's offering free sessions. And I know this is a big concern because I'm hearing about it through email and questions from other photographers. And they're worried about creating a bad name for themselves or feeling like they're doing a bait and switch with that style of ad. Now, if you've been listening to PhotobizX for any length of time, you'll know that this is a very popular way, a very lucrative and successful way to bring leads in. But the main thing is, the main caveat that goes with any promo where you're offering free shoots, whether it's book projects, photo competitions, third-party marketing, or Facebook ads, is you must qualify your leads and you must be very clear up front before you even take the actual booking of what that client may actually be spending with you. Now, you could talk about what clients spend on average, what your prices start at, but that client needs to have an idea of what they are in for if they go ahead with an amazing experience, an amazing photo session with you, and when they first open up your price list or see your prices, they are going to be aware of those numbers and what they could potentially spend. The last thing you want, that I want, that any photographer wants, or client for that matter, is to be totally shocked at your prices after the session if that's the first time they're seeing them. Like, you, you do not want that. And you'll hear John reiterating exactly this in the training as well. And I can say with hand on heart that these are not the practices that what you hear from John will be nothing like a, a bait and switch type strategy. His clients are very aware of what his prices are and what they will potentially spend before they go into a session with John. And, and if you take a look at his reviews in Google, you can see there currently are 59 reviews. There is one one-star review from a client who didn't actually, well, it's not actually from the client, it's from a relative of the client who didn't actually read the details that were sent to them. And you can also see John's fantastic reply or response to that complaint. Now, it's funny, it's funny that we, we focus on that one one-star review when there's another 58 five-star incredible reviews raving about how good John is, the, the service that he delivers, the, the images that he creates, how he made his clients feel, all positive, 58 fantastic positive reviews and one one-star review. That tells me, and it should tell you as well, that what he's doing is creating a fantastic experience for his client, and they are happily investing in the wall art that he's creating for them. Anyway, I thought that was worth sharing because I know that it is a concern, or it might be a concern of you. It is for so many photographers. But if you don't have leads coming in, there is no way that you can qualify leads. You can tell them about the experience that you're going to deliver what your prices are, what they might potentially spend. It all starts with getting leads in the first place. Like without leads, you do not have a business. If you are attempting to run a successful business right now and you don't have enough leads coming in, 
you, you need those leads to have any potential to make any sale. And Facebook ads are proven to work. And what John has discovered is that lead ads are proving to be one of the best forms of Facebook ads and Instagram ads to bring those leads in. It all starts with a lead. From there, you can create a fantastic client. But without the leads, you don't have a business. It's got to start with lead generation. All right, that's enough for me. I'm going to get off my soapbox. Uh, Again, go and check it out. Read about some of the things that Johnny's doing. Go and do some searching yourself. Start with photobizx.com forward slash lead ads. Have a listen to his interviews on PhotoBizX. Get registered for this training. It is going to be mind-blowing. It's going to change the way you bring your leads in. All right, that really is it from me. I hope you have a fantastic week ahead. Stay safe, healthy, and well, and I will talk to you soon. Bye for now. If you have enjoyed this episode, head to photobizx.com. Join the conversation, leave a comment, and share your thoughts on the interview with Andrew and today's special guest. 